Hello, everybody, and welcome to What's on Draft, the podcast where we write a prompt from books, movies, music, TV, or anything else in the universe, and then see who can draft the best team around that prompt. My name is Paul, and I am here with my usual co-hosts, Michael and Cameron. Guys, how's it going? Hey, hey, hey. Don't talk over me, Michael. I don't appreciate that. Yeah, we didn't start this episode well. Well, it's a new year. It's a new year. It's a new pod. Paul just said my name first this time. And That's what so threw I, me off. I That's jumped threw in. Me off. Yeah, I was like, "Am I? Have I been Paul downgraded? Start over. <laughs> I've been downgraded." <laughs> Hello, everyone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's see how many times uh, we can restart to get into uh, 2021. Right. Right. Yeah, I got, I got, I got, I got a bone to pick with somebody first. Oh yeah. Um, not anybody in the pod, but what a crazy week! What a crazy week! Uh, to see a madman just lose his cool and cause so much destruction on national television is unbelievable. Talking about Nick Saban freaking out on that onside kick against Notre Dame. I mean, talk about disrespecting the American tradition of football. Just unbelievable. It's part of the game, Nick. Get used to it. <laughs> it's part of the game, right? <laughs> Being a sore loser for somebody who's up by three touchdowns. So. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> uh, off of that, off of the uh, the the almost um, <laughs> American uh, insurrection, you know whose YouTube channel I've been checking out lately? No, tell us. <laughs> Rudy Giuliani's Common Sense. <laughs> oh, this is that guy... is that the one that's like fifty percent cigar commercials? Yes, this guy is a hoot, man. <laughs> Oh my goodness. He literally just sits there and talks to you um, with no great notes, <laughs> kind of rambles. Go back to some of our early episodes. That's kind of what it is, but just somebody by themselves. Um, and you're right. Every like 10 or 15 minutes, he, he doesn't add for like, yeah, like a cigar or like a coin company. He's clearly talking to these older men or something. Uh, it's hilarious. It is hilarious. The best part of the comments, of course, like most YouTube pages, mm-hmm. just filled with a lot of uh, a lot of people who who know the end times are near. And uh, so that's I'm what I'm investing I've- in cigars and coins. <laughs> <laughs> so this uh, listeners, Cameron, Cameron has helpfully pulled up a YouTube page here with the with the mayor here on it. Uh, Two hundred because mail. 215,000 views for uh for for Rudy and you know I know none of us have been the mayor of New York but I feel like our content is at least as good as Rudy Giuliani on YouTube content so it, it is believe me we need believe to get me. to 215,000 listens is what I'm saying you know what we need we need some cigars and some coins to advertise that'll really get it get it going um yeah I, it's I, I have a few in the house should I just start selling them to listeners <laughs> we'll just have a break <laughs> sometimes you need to just start advertising something and then notifying that company that you're advertising and try mm-hmm. to collect a bill i think that's a good approach we yeah, should try yeah. that fake it fake it till you make it yeah i've got a vintage portrait of george washington and i'll sell it to y'all for 25 cents vintage is it a, is it a quarter <laughs> Yes. Is that the yes. joke? Okay. Yes, it is. Right. Well, Mike, you got to sell that for at least 30 cents. We got to clear a profit. 
I was about to say we're gonna lose everything on overhead. You here. pay ten ninety nine shipping and handling. Oh, That's man. like, do either of you remember the Hey Arnold episode where they were counterfeiting money, but they exclusively counterfeit pennies, and like oh, Arnold yeah, and some pennies. other people like run across them, and they're I think like they're on an island. Yeah, they're like on an island in the city, and they're trying to like kidnap the kids because they don't want them to leak this information and then they realize that they spent more on copper than a penny is worth so they've actually lost money every time they've counterfeited a penny i don't remember that one i remember a lot of hey arnold episodes i don't remember that one there's another good episode where they get sucked into selling watches i think it's gerald that is 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 selling them and then he ends up it's kind of like i don't know if it's a ponzi scheme but he ends up with way too many is it like a precursor to MLMs? What's that? Uh, you uh, know, like multi-level the, marketing, uh, yeah, Texas. Um, Any, anytime someone asks you if you want to get your financial health in order. And or if you want more. Be your finance, own boss. Be your own boss. You know? Yeah, that was pretty much the gist of it. Yeah. And then Gerald had to buy all the washes up front to sell them. Yeah, 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 yeah that's, that's it. it. That's, 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 it. What, that's what that is for yeah. sure. Gotcha um though i do love watches i may i may succumb to the mlm of watches <laughs> i'll be honest uh, maybe we should start we should start a draft mlm you, oh you purchase some drafts from us and then oh <laughs> other people i thought you meant like draft like the worst or the best mlms that you would participate in or, or like one you want to create i don't know there's enough to do a draft with i know that there is there is i'm gonna ask the wife she loves to she loves to talk about mlms um like kind of heckle them a little bit you know so um i'll ask her what she thinks we could turn that into a draft there might be a board game opportunity here we could sell Speaking of, I should have brought it out. I just got this new board game called um, Movie Clichés. I, I kickstarted it. It's not it's not really have a set of rules, but it's just it has these different decks that have clichés for different genres, like comedy, horror, whatever. Um, and it doesn't. Their their suggested ways to play with it are to like randomly draw five of them and read them all together and then try to think of a movie that has every single one of those cliches in it. Oh, I love that. That sounds amazing. Yes. That does. Or, uh, or, I mean, that would be, that would be appropriate to start this episode. You want me to go grab a few cards and see if you two can. Uh, hey, let's do it. I'll mark the on. time and all we'll right. do a quick pause here. So there's, do you want comedy, action, horror, or sci-fi and fantasy? Let's do action. That's pretty broad. Okay. Got to open the card. Here's a little ASMR action for the listeners. The kids. <laughs> All right. So listeners, tonight we are going to be... Uh, talking movies so here's a little game for us to get into the the movie mood uh so this is the set of cards uh was created by it's called movie cliches created by anna marie young and joshua sour this was something i kick-started over the summer and then it arrived after a slight covid delay here so i have pulled five 
cliches. And each of these comes with a nice um, little illustrated drawing. Um, so, so Joshua Sauer is a cartoonist. And so he's the one who sort of started sketching out cliches. Um, and I think that's where he came up with the idea for this. But so these are five cliches that you would find in an action movie. So uh, Cameron and Mike, you two can see if you can think of a movie that has all five of these cliches in it. Okay. Right. Uh, the first cliche is a one-liner after killing somebody. The second is uh, children are smarter than adults. The third one is a hidden weapon. The fourth is the police officer slash construction worker has to jump out of the way of a speeding car. And then the last one is a twist where somebody shoots past the hero to hit an enemy. So like you think the hero is about to get shot and it turns out the person is on the hero's side and was shooting someone behind them. Is this normally you, you have five and you have to use all of them? I don't I don't remember if it was five or how many they let's see. So there, there's a couple of ways they suggest playing with the cards. One is to give everyone like everyone draws 10 and then you watch a movie and it's like bingo, right? Like if you're if one of your cliches come up, then you either you you get to play the card or you just take a drink when one of your cliches comes up. Um, and then the other is this one. It doesn't say five. It just says pick random cliche. So you could try to go for three out of five or something like that. Yeah, it says pick random cliches, start a stopwatch, and try to name as many movies as you can that have the, those cliches in them. Oh, not all of them. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, that's, it's, it's that's not... That's tough. Yeah, it's mostly just, you know, the cliches are like jumping off points, so you can do it. Okay. So yeah, you, you could just start naming stuff that uses any, or, you know... I don't well, know. I, I choose all Bond films for the hidden weapon. Uh-huh. Okay. And so for the one-liners after killing someone. I don't know. Do they all have one-liners? Okay. So we're so. tied like 24 to 24. Um <laughs> any Arnold movie. Yeah, the the card for hidden weapon is obviously supposed to be from Die Hard where he has the gun taped to his back, but he yep. has um many weapons including an axe taped to the back <laughs> of his head and yeah. a stick of dynamite <laughs> taped to him, uh, several knives and a gun. Trying to think of one where you shoot past the hero. Yeah, it's it's definitely a cliche. I mean, I know I've seen it many times, but now I'm right. just blanking on a particular time. Meaning, like you save the hero by shooting a person in yeah, front. Yeah, like of like uh -huh. usually it would be. I would I would say it's usually when like a new character is getting introduced, right? So like the hero is like in somewhere new, and someone pulls a gun. Yeah. And it's like, oh, oh no, you know, the hero's about to get shot and they shoot yeah. the gun. If it's like a comedy action, the hero probably has his eyes, you know, okay, squeeze shut and then he Got slowly it. opens them and turns around and it's like, well, actually, there was a ninja behind you. And Got it. I was shooting true, true grit, both the old one and the new one. It's the same scene. Lucky Ned Pepper's about to shoot Rooster Cogburn, John Wayne, or Jeff Bridges, and then 
whatever, Bruce Campbell or Matt Damon, depending on the movie, shoots the guy off the horse from far away right before the guy shoots uh, the marshal. Boom. Cliched. <laughs> you just got cliched. Yeah, well, there you go. Cameron for the win. Oh, uh, this happened in... Um, that happened in Rise of Skywalker, right? Where uh, you find out that Hux is the traitor mm-hmm. randomly, which was like not yeah. at oh, all that's right. foreshadowed shot- or in his character development or whatever. But yeah, you think they're about to get shot and you hear yeah. the blaster go off and then it turns out he shot all the stormtroopers. Instead that's of right. Them. Yeah. I can't think of a single children are smarter. Uh, well, yeah, for- home alone. We talked about that one recently. Well, okay, mm-hmm. I didn't think about it. That you mean like they just got the drop on those fools? Well, he's he's smarter than the bandits. Oh, okay, yeah. I guess you're right. Yeah, he is smarter. Yeah, I'm trying to think action specific because you could always say like uh, the Goonies. Yeah, or like Ferris Bueller. Yeah, yeah like you're right. Any, anyone but, where the kids are the protagonists. Yeah. The, the dumb old parents don't know. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Police jumping out of the way of a speeding car. I feel like that's in every movie. I mean, I don't... <laughs> you know what? It's probably in all of the police academy movies. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so here's, here's a few other cards. Uh, the bomb gets diffused only seconds before detonating. Are we good? MacGruber. MacGruber. <laughs> there's, a, there's a funeral that happens when it's raining. I think that's every funeral in every movie. Mm. <laughs> it's a tough one. I, it's hard to recall funerals. Yeah. An explosion is caused by a single lighter, match, or cigarette. That's what I chose for one of my booby traps. <laughs> what, about a, what about a boulder rolls down? <laughs> that, old, that old boulder cliche. Yeah. Cool. Well, it sounds like a fun game. Yeah, it's it's you know like I said it's not it's it's not like a game that has its own sort of set of rules but it's just sort of compiled all of these with uh with a helpful illustration that's kind of fun to look at yeah. so you can you make use of them but um, yeah listeners you can you can check out uh, the movie cliches card game if you want to take a look at that but we tonight are going to be drafting our own movies full of, I'm sure, various cliches. So if you listened last week or to the little uh, little welcome introductory post that we have up, the kernel of the idea for this podcast, I guess you could say, was our annual fantasy movie draft, right? So we did this annually. We all drafted a group of movies, whichever movie collectively had the highest return at the box office, that person was the winner. So these are only looking at the box office return, right? So we are not taking the movies that we most want to see this year. Uh, We're not even taking the movies that we think are gonna be the best critically acclaimed or win best picture or uh, be particularly interesting. We are simply taking the movies that are going to return their studio the most dollars. Typically, we would only do the domestic box office returns. Um, That adds sort of an interesting wrinkle in, right, where when you're looking at just the domestic box office, then sometimes you get movies that pop and and make a a pretty big percentage of the domestic market that you just don't see. It gets kind of flushed out in the international numbers. But 
for this year only due to the oddities of COVID and the fact that a lot of theaters are not going to be operating at least in the first part of the year for the United States. Hopefully we get our act together and get those vaccines rolled out. So by the end of the year, things are relatively normal for movie going again. For this year only, we are going to do the total box office return. So we're going to be including the international markets. We are going to each be drafting 10 films and the top seven earners are what's going to count for our totals. So that way we account a little bit for if any of the movies end up getting pushed again, right? With the schedule still being adjusted based on uh, most of last year's movies being canceled or moved around. And we are gonna break this into two episodes. So we like to talk about movies. Sometimes when we're talking about movies, we get going for a long time. So uh, rather than give you one sort of four hour long monster episode, we will break this up for your listening enjoyment. So we are going to be taking the first five movies of the 2021 movie draft tonight. And then next week, we'll be back for the bottom bottom uh, uh, five films for each of us. So guys, anything I am leaving out there? No, I don't think so. Other than I don't think uh, it's quite possible I may see one or two movies this year. So I think my record low is one from 2020. So I'm just hoping to beat that. That's my goal. You're going to do the, you're going to watch the HBO Max ones? If it's, if it's available at home, yes, I'm going to be watching it at home. Uh, except if it's a movie that needs to be watched in a theater, which we'll touch on some of those a little bit later. Um, if I feel like I need to watch it in a theater and I, I'm so excited for the movie, for the film, then I will probably find a way to, you know, whatever, get a babysitter, get me and Holly to the movie. Hopefully we don't fall asleep. I think at least safety-wise, by the end of the summer, you would hope yeah. we're at a place where uh, you can go... Uh, go see these with you know not being concerned for covid but being concerned with uh just just other ordinary movie going concerns yeah no i agree no i'm 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 good to go mike you got anything let's do this thing we might be seeing some of the same movies we drafted last year because they did a lot of them did get pushed yes yeah so um last week little looser episode we recapped a little bit of the the 2020 movie draft um where we saw uh, uh that year we each drafted 13 and out of the 39 movies that we drafted i think six of them ended up being theatrically released in a way none, that has none for cameron none for cameron uh cameron hopefully you perform better than zero dollars this I would year i'd love to get more than zero dollars no, no really be awesome but uh uh, so, Michael, you are up first tonight with the first pick. So why don't you get us started? Okay. So talking about everything that's going on and when we think people are going to get vaccinated and be able to get into the theaters, that's all coming into play. And so I'm looking at the release dates. A lot of these are undecided and they're still shifting around. I've seen several on this list that I researched uh, that have already moved from their original 2021 date to a different week in the year. I'm thinking that since we're taking international numbers, I want something that is going to translate well. And I am going to take a movie that's family friendly. 
and has racked up over a billion dollars worldwide as a franchise so far. I'm going with Minions, The Rise of Gru for the number one pick here. Yeah, I was looking at a few box office numbers before we, uh, in, in preparation for tonight. And, um, you know, Minions came out 2015. And I was, I'm not surprised that it did well. I did not remember it crossing the billion dollar mark. So I was surprised to see over a billion dollars for the, uh, for the return. And certainly a lot of that was international money. So um, that, uh, uh, you know, if, if we were doing our standard rules, this would probably be a, a mid level pick, but I think for, for this year's draft, it makes sense to, to see this in the first round. When some of your main characters literally speak gibberish, that translates well. Yeah, it cuts the translation work in half for, <laughs> for <laughs> dubbing stuff. Although sometimes I feel like they use words from other languages mm -hmm. for the American I, versions. I wonder if they do change up the gibberish just, you know, because so much of it is like intonation to get the point across that if, you know, in another country, like say just sarcasm you use a different generic voice for sarcasm than in the United States, you probably do have to go in and, and change up the gibberish a little bit. That's a I great bet, question. I bet they do. That's a good point, man. I really want to, I, I want to see an international release. <laughs> we'll have to pick a foreign language and, and check out minions. Huh? Yeah. Have either of you watched the original minions? I have yes. not. Yeah. I've watched it. Mm -hmm. It's, it's all right. If it's the one I'm thinking of, because there have been a couple now, right? I think in, in if you're just talking Minions, there's just been one. multiple Despicable Me movies, right. but there's only been one Minions. Okay, then I have, I have seen that one. Yeah. I really enjoyed the first part of the movie. I enjoyed how it started mm -hmm. out. The it, it like montage where they're going to different villains and mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that had some highlight moments. All right. Well, Cameron, why don't you, why don't we move on to your pick then? Mm, okay. Yeah, this is tough. I, I'm going to be honest. I didn't think you were going to go minions. I didn't know what you were going to go. I mean, I got like five that I want to grab right here. Can I do my first five like straight away? <laughs> is that possible? I mean, given your track record, they might not come out. So, uh, okay. Take a quick pause here. I want to make sure this is coming out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> Uh, yes, yes, I believe it is. I had my mic muted, Paul. Uh, I was going to say, sick burn. <laughs> uh, Cameron, Legally Blonde 3, was. we already talked about it. It's not coming out till 2022. Oh, damn. Uh, okay, so I'm going to go with a movie from a another franchise. I think most of our heavy hitters are going to be a franchise. This thing has one movie in its franchise history that did do over a billion dollars did a billion and a half i'm gonna go with fast and furious i'm gonna go with f9 the fast and furious movie this thing has legs internationally especially in asia they do okay here in america but uh now that we're going worldwide i'm gonna go with the the new fast and furious movie coming out may 28th yeah another another solid pick i i marked it off before you took the pick because i thought this was the i thought this was the obvious place to go uh, with number two over here on my my notes. Yeah, 
Strong pick for the same reasons. Action is going to translate well. Yeah, I think I picked this uh, last time, but I didn't do any real research into domestic versus worldwide, and it was mm-hmm. actually a poor pick for domestic in like the first two rounds, but uh, a solid pick for worldwide. So <laughs> it I was am, your I, first pick last time. It was time. my first pick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing the same draft, guys. He's just going to try to recreate it as much as possible. (laughs) So it's a much better pick this time around. So um, I made sure to check worldwide. So Fast Furious 9, I've only seen the first one. I hear they get good at around five. Really? Pretty solid after that, but I I don't know. I'd love to go through them once. You know, it just doesn't appeal to me, the car thing. Um, They they are very enjoyable. Okay. Yeah, it's – and – they do get they do get better, especially pretty much once the rock joins. But the, it's not really, especially the most recent ones, is really not about the cars anymore. It's just about basically superhumans. <laughs> I mean, that not literally, but they can do things like fall from insane heights or yeah. uh, survive things they yeah. they definitely should not. But uh, if if this sells you on it, there is a fight scene in I think the fifth movie, the fourth or fifth movie, um, where Vin Diesel charges at someone, jumps, and then flies through the air like a dolphin and headbutts them. So just launches into a headbutt from across the room. That's how I fight. I and mean, if that's just how bald guys fight, we you know we use that we use that apparatus, we use that head to just dome them. Well, that's what I was going to say. Do you remember when Zidane headbutted the guy in the it's World what, Cup? It's what yeah. we do, okay? It, you know, we see it in your eyes. You're mocking our head. And, okay, you're going you're gonna to mess with the bull. Boom. Get the horns or the skull. You get to see the reflection of your scared face right before it collides. Which is the, very frightening, the, yeah, right? That's right. So, anyway. Fast and Furious 9. Go see it, everybody, multiple times, Okay. Uh, Curious side note here. What does the F9 key typically do on a computer? Do a little um, pod search here. The research on the pod. I'm looking at mine and I don't even know. Mine is a star with an S. I don't it has, know. Don't uh, while it has that. no essential function, F9 <laughs> will refresh fields in Word and prompt Outlook to send and receive messages. Okay. So so maybe not, there'll be not, not, nothing to do with the, uh, the F9 on the keyboard. I would not say. the best key. If you're running Mac OS X, you can open Mission Control by pressing F9. Now that sounds pretty cool. That sounds like a Mission Impossible sequel. Yeah, these Hollywood types—they're Mac users, so that's probably what they're doing. Now, uh, F before nine got moved, Fast Ten was supposed to come out this year, right? They were going to do them back to back. Dang. And uh, the director—you know—they someone in an interview asked um, Justin Lin, who's been directing a lot of these about the sort of joke people have made that like well when they get to the 10th movie they've got to go to space right there's nowhere else to go but sending the team to space and um his uh his answer was very sly and basically like uh you know you can't can't rule anything out so some sort of heist in space they're gonna like rob the space station (laughs) very excited because they will probably still be driving cars so i'm very excited for yeah. someone to ramp a car into the International Space Station. Oh, I was just thinking Moon Rover race. <laughs> oh, no. It's, <laughs> no, it's still going to be like a Dodge Charger just straight into the ISS. That's my prediction. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> All right, Paul, you're up. 
All right. Well, you two have put me in a, in a bad spot here because I was hoping to get one of those two films. I've got to take advantage of the back-to-backs. So this is where I think the scheduling of movies becomes a bigger deal. Um, so I'm trying to pick movies that I know are going to come out. And I'm trying to avoid the blockbusters from early in the year. All right. So one of my top two picks from last year was Raya and the Last Dragon from Disney. I think that's that looks like the first big test for a tentpole movie right now, right? Disney, and it's actually coming out a year to the date that Onward came out. So Onward was very famously released, but crashed in the box office because people weren't wanting to go. So that's going to be an interesting sort of test. And real soon after that is when No Time to Die is supposed to come out, which should be another big tentpole movie. That one's in a really interesting spot because it's basically, um, it's uh, MGM is uh, Bond, right? Um, do they, yeah. Yeah. It's basically their only tentpole movie for the year. And they've already incurred a lot of debt because they ramped up the entire advertising campaign for it. So I'm a little worried that they might push it again because they've really got to maximize the money coming out of, of Bond. And so I'm just not sure what's going to happen with that. So what what week is it set for right now, Paul? It's currently slated to come out March 5th. Or no, I'm so, sorry. Uh, Bond is April 2nd. From recollection, I think most of them have been November releases recently. Hmm, I don't October, remember. November. I think they're fall yeah. movies, mostly. With Daniel Craig? I think, I'm not sure. I haven't, I haven't been seeing them in theaters. You know, I've been renting them, so I'm not. But I, and the Bond franchise... Uh, went box office wise slid right so skyfall was over a billion dollars specter dropped down to the mid 800s internationally so i think because of the inherent risk with bond which might make sense as the first pick here i'm going to go with the other big spy franchise with a film coming out the one i actually prefer watching and the one that's been trending upwards so the last two movies have gone in the upwards directions i'm going to take mission impossible seven the other reason I like Mission Impossible 7 is it's coming out November 19th. So it's going to be leading into Thanksgiving weekend. I think Thanksgiving is going to be a big deal this year because people are mostly going to be vaccinated. They're going to be ready to be back with their families for Thanksgiving, right? So I think people are going to be looking for family activities. And if you look after Mission Impossible, right, comes out November 19th. The next big movie is November 24th with Encanto um, from Pixar, but I think there's a decent chance that one gets shifted into 2022. So then you're looking at the competition being like West Side Story all the way until you get to December 17th when Spider-Man 3 hits. So Mission Impossible, I think, is going to have a run of three or four solid weeks over Thanksgiving being the only game in town. And I'm, I'm hoping that uh, continues the rise. It made $791 million uh, for Mission Impossible 6. And that was up about $150 million from 5. So I hope that trend just keeps on going. I just double checked that in Skyfall and Spectre did release in November. So it's unusual that they're sh shooting for March. And I think it has to do with what you're saying, Paul. They're in debt and trying to get out. Yeah, I, I think they scheduled it just a little bit after Raya so they could be like, if Disney does okay with Raya, then we're not the first one to kind of test the waters. But 
if it's bad, we can still bump it. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm a little, a little nervous about what they do with that one. Mission impossible. You know, I do see these, I, I do like these movies very much. I think we know what it's going to do though. You mentioned it did close to eight on six. It did close to seven on number five. Uh, but I don't think that's actually an upward trend necessarily because I think number four did right at seven too. I think maybe there'll be a little bit bump, but I think the sweet spot for for MI movies is right around that eight hundred the eight hundred thousand. Uh, I'm sorry, eight hundred million, which is great. That's a great that's a great uh, haul for any movie. So um, don't think it's going to hit a billion, but who knows? You're right with some placement with not much competition over a holiday week. First Thanksgiving back, hopefully back to normal. Yeah, people are going to go see a, a movie, um, you know, and I don't think they're going to watch the uh, untitled Elvis Presley biopic. <laughs> I don't think that's going to be their number one. That's or the Clifford, billion dollars. Clifford the Big Red Dog. Not sure if that one's going to make it. So uh, cool. Yeah, I would definitely, I was going to, you weren't going to, obviously you're not going to get what you're picking back. So good, uh, good pick. So. All right. Well, I will go into the second round then since I've got the back-to-back picks and I'm going to go with, I don't know. I've got another toss up here. There's two movies I like in this spot, especially internationally. I might be making the wrong choice here, but I'm going to, I'm going to go with what was my number one pick last year. So I'm going to go with black widow in this spot slated to come out May 7th. I, I like this one because it's going to be the first Marvel movie in theaters in what, two, two and a half years at this point um, yeah. after Spider-Man Far From Home. Um, and I think that big of a delay again, middle of May, hopefully we're looking good with the vaccine rollout by then. And if people are feeling safe about going to the movie theaters, um, I think the normalcy of being able to go see a Marvel movie, this one starring someone who's been a main Avenger for a long time, uh, probably expecting some cameos from other people to pop up in the movie and to see what is going to be happening with the MCU going into the future. I, I think this one could have a little bit of staying power. And it, it after it releases May 7th, doesn't have... A lot of big competition until May 21st when Free Guy and Godzilla vs. Kong comes out. But Godzilla vs. Kong is going to be one of the HBO Max release movies. So maybe if you've got a choice, you go to see Black Widow. If you haven't seen it yet, watch Godzilla at home. So I, I, this one I think could, uh, could be a triumphant return for the MCU. So I'm going to go with Black Widow. I like this pick. And I'm not sure if he's an antagonist, but David Harbour's in this movie. Who's that? Yes, he uh, from Stranger Things, the, the sheriff. sheriff, and then also oh. the most recent Hellboy. Yeah, Hopper. He he plays the Russian version of Captain America in in this in the in Black Widow. So hmm. he's Captain Comrade. Yeah, he's uh, what's his name? Um, Red Star or something like that. Red Guardian. That's it. I knew it was red. Something. Guardian. Uh... Yeah, and he's uh, sort of older and out of shape. And in the trailer, they they make fun of it, of him for for being fat now. But he mm-hmm. uh, he's still yeah. I, I I like David Harbor. You know, people love Black Widow. RDJ is in the cast, showing up as Tony Stark. So people will be excited for that. So right, because this is a prequel. 
Yeah, okay. this is pre-in-game. So any 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 of the Avengers could show up. I think that'll add some excitement. So yeah, Black Widow. Fun. Okay. okay. All right. So Cameron, why don't you go with your second pick then? Okay. Um, hey, something we didn't clear up at the front, which we probably should have. I think we've done it before, but obviously movies released in November and December, we're going to allow them to collect box office like what? Through January yeah, or whatever? I, I think at least six weeks. Yeah, we, we were going to do, until all the movies got canned, we were going to come back in February sometime to, okay. to tally the totals. So yeah, I, I would okay. say at least through January. Okay, um, I'm going to go with another Marvel Universe movie. I'm going to go with the third Spider-Man movie. Uh, this is uh, untitled, but set to release on December 17th. So it's going to go for Christmas release. Uh, it's first two very strong, showing positive growth on the second one. I think the first one here did close to 900 million and then the sequel spider-man far from home did 1.1 billion dollars so wow. i'm gonna go with spider-man this only does around 400 million domestically but pulls in a lot overseas uh due to obviously marvel's footprint so i'm going spider-man three title yet to be determined let's just call it farther from home right now <laughs> Yeah, this was one I uh, I thought of putting in my top two picks. Um, it it's, looks like it's shaping up to be a live action Spider Verse, right? We've got Andrew Garfield and uh, Tobey Maguire probably coming back. Plus, we've already confirmed Electro is back. Plus, uh, several other people from the Sam Raimi or the the um, the Amazing Spider Man movies. Mm -hmm. Any concern that this one ends up getting pushed out of 2021? That was my worry. Yes, very concerned. No title. Um, mm -hmm. That was my, know? yeah, that's where I was like, eh. Yep. Yeah. I, I am worried about that. Um, so that's my concern. But if it doesn't, I mean, it's going to be a winner. Um, I would not be surprised if this doesn't come in the top three, you know, of, of films, mm -hmm. uh, even though we're getting it in the second round. So I'm going to go with a bit of a gamble and hope they close the deal here with this Spider-Man. Yeah, I think if it if it comes out, you've easily probably cleared a couple of the top four grossing highest grossing yeah. movies here. So it's uh, it's going, just going for the knockout, if... going for the knockout punch here. All you right. know, yeah. Michael, any thoughts? I think your team is shaping up strong. I can't see you making zero dollars this year. <laughs> <laughs> well, we already know Spider-Man three could get pushed, so there could be a big fat zero there. That's true. You know, Let's say fast. Everyone's real furious. tired of Vin Diesel. Well, I was going to say Vin Diesel <laughs> gets caught in like a, an underage, you know, sex trafficking scandal. They may just scrap the movie altogether. So that that is a joke. I'm not what making. What a scenario you've come up with Vin here. Diesel, for the record. Um, so. Vin, if you want to come on the pod and talk about it, let me bring know. it on, Vin. Bring it on. I am Cameron. I am Groot Joke. Was that I, your... still I still don't get what is really happening there. I'll be <laughs> honest. Why Why are they paying somebody, you know, millions and millions of dollars to do something that I don't believe requires a professional actor of that price point? Uh, I was going to say, are you doing an Iron Giant impression? <laughs> oh. That's also him. So. Well, also hey, they, him. They paid Alan Tudyk to be a, a chicken in Moana. So, Oh, I didn't know that. 
Yeah, they they put uh, Tudic mm-hmm. in all the Pixar movies now, or not all the all the Disney animated movies now. They find one role for him, so they made him. Um, the, Wait, in the all chicken. the what movies? All the Disney animated ones. Gotcha. Just so like, like you know, he's in he's in Frozen and Moana and like he's uh, be in Raya and everything. What's his name? John Ratzenberger is in yes. every Pixar movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Alan Tudyk is the Disney side guy for that. Gotcha. How'd he get that role? He's, I think he's friends with uh, some of the people that head the studio and he worked with them on a whole bunch of projects. That's just so, utterly amazing. You know, yeah. you've made it in life when that's, you just in get your, called yeah. in for literally yeah. every project. That's right. Hey, Alan Tudyk's a cool guy. So I'm, he is. I'm happy yeah. to see him in a lot of stuff. I love Alan Tudyk. Al- Alan Tudyk. Um, Question about, about him. Is the Firefly, is it going to be a remake or is it same cast? What uh, I've heard, I've heard rumors of it coming back. I have not heard that. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't seen anything official on that. Okay. Well, you heard it here, listeners. (laughs) Breaking news. Breaking some news. He's got the scoop. Maybe we can get Vin Diesel on to talk about it (laughs) and answer his allegation. (laughs) Vin Diesel to talk about Firefly. (laughs) Yes. First, respond to the allegations we made against you. Second, what do you think of Firefly? Vin is probably a fan of Firefly. Yeah, uh, there was there was a fact. I think it was on Wait Wait Don't Tell Me, and they were asking a series of scenarios involving Vin Diesel, which one is true. And the true one was that he had played D and D with Dame Judy Dench. <laughs> nice. Yeah, wow. he he sets up D and D games on movie sets. So that's pretty cool. Interesting guy. Got a got a music career too. So. All right, Mike. Okay. I am trying to figure out what I want to pick right here. I'm, I've got a couple that I don't know a whole lot about, but I'm thinking that they're going to pull more internationally than here in the States. Given the title and the cast and the director right now, I think that this Marvel movie should do well in East Asia. And so I'm going to take Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Yeah, that's a good pick. So that's I was debating between that one and Spider-Man 3. I think you're right. It's Marvel. So you know it's going to do at least $400 million, has the potential to do probably closer to like $800 million, But it has that Asian factor. Mm-hmm. And wondering, is that going to play to the Asian audiences? Or is that like sort of a placating and they're not going to bite? Uh, but if they do, right, then they, they'll be able to probably push that over a billion. Yeah, I this was the one I was really debating, either Black Widow or this one, right? And I knew I knew neither one would come back around to me, so I had to make a pick um, when I was drafting. But uh, I think Marvel has proven that they get rewarded when they make diverse casting choices, right? So Black Panther, first major superhero movie since blade with uh with the black hero in the title role makes a billion dollars um uh captain marvel first female-led solo movie ends up with a billion dollars i think having the first asian superhero in the mcu front and center um starring uh simu simu Liu. so they actually um you know they they didn't sort of whitewash like um uh avatar 
Yeah. Or um, I was thinking the the Marvel TV shows um, when they went with Iron Fist, who is who is a white guy in the comics, but mm-hmm. the fact that they picked the white martial artist and not any of the Asian martial artists from comic book history to to make a TV show out of caused a, a little bit of controversy at the time. But I, I think this one will easily top a billion dollars as well. So I, yeah, I like this. Well, following this line of thought, I just did a quick Google search and I was between two movies for my next pick. I'm going to take a risk on another Marvel movie that has a diverse cast and I'm hoping it's going to do well overseas. This artwork by Jack Kirby is amazing. The colors are fantastic. Lots of neons. So I hope that translates into the film. I'm going to take the Eternals. Well, I think we're all on pace here because I'm just slowly clicking off movies in the order I have uh-huh. them written. So uh, looks like we're all on the same page. Yeah, this one uh, should be interesting, right? Sort of a Guardians type setup. Is that correct? Well, they're, they're deities. Okay. And so they have extreme power and influence um, and can affect earth i'm not sure where the story is going to start i haven't actually read these comics yeah i this one is i mean look if you've got a marvel movie that you can take in the third round of our draft here you've got to do it right uh this was the same when we did the 2020 draft and this was supposed to come out last year obviously that was basically the reasoning when i drafted it was you can't just leave a marvel movie on the board for too long but i think this one has the potential to be the first big kind of flop for marvel just because these are inherently kind of less interesting characters because like you said they are they are deities and traditionally when you have just a super really super sort of overpowered main characters right like the the stories either get kind of dull or it has to be like oh well they don't know they have all of this power and then they just get the power near the end of the movie and so Whereas Guardians was really successful because a lot of them are just sort of your kind of everyman band of rogue, you know, characters that are kind of wacky. I wonder if these characters are just not going to hit as easily as some of the other ones did. It's It's been a rough, even in comic books, right? A lot of the Eternals comic book runs have not done well because they're difficult characters to make super interesting the way they're they're sort of conceived but i mean you all at some point you got to just bank on marvel's history when it comes to making movie franchises out of these things so you're really trying to take this pick down paul but i'm hoping that they will match the artwork from kirby and is going to be so visually stunning that it's going to sell well and it's got Kamel Nanjiani in it and he's always solid and he got jacked for this movie yeah he said something about how he uh you know wanted to look ripped representing on the screen so he's got super buff which is kind of (laughs) weird yeah there there was a whole thing on twitter like last week where he posted a photo on instagram and everyone just randomly started uh, like body shaming 
how buff he was at this point and like accusing him of taking steroids and stuff because of the way his oh face has changed shape. Yeah. Luckily by the time I saw it, the, the initial posts had been washed away with a wave of people who were like, just don't do that. <laughs> Basically. Right. Like we're not, you know, there's no reason to talk about someone's body like that, but uh, hmm. yeah, it was a weird, uh, Kamal is is very buff and he's talked about it openly he's like yeah i got buff for the movie and i enjoy being buff so i just work out all the time now because it makes me feel good about myself to mm-hmm. look this way and so hey good for you man like more power to you all right yeah no um i i definitely had this next so i think uh you did you done good kid done good. <laughs> all right well cameron what's uh what's next after that on your list this is getting tough this is getting tough there's just a lot of variables here um i know we got no time to die right i mean the last bond film did over 800 skyfall did over a billion right but this is in april so we know domestically it's not gonna do great is it gonna do good enough overseas to account for that that's a concern do we have any idea of the plot line with this one too because i feel like with international affairs sometimes bond can be kind of on the nose what do you mean what do you mean by that they i mean they have countries pitted against each other right and so sometimes those countries might actually have problems at the time yeah i yeah i I don't it's been a while since i've watched the trailer but i think it is it appears to be starting out with bond retired or out of service i think initially there's going to be a different person codenamed 007 and he's gonna get obviously roped back into it um okay i don't i yeah i'm just all the daniel craig bonds at this point sort of have started to run together in my mind so i don't even remember what plot points are are continuing to be picked up i mean lots of the characters are back outside of craig and you know ben wishon and the the central people in in mi6 so they're clearly going to keep going with some of the plot points from Spectre, but I, I don't remember what sort of outstanding to, to be continued. Yeah. Um, I don't think I'm going to pick it. I will say, you know, we can talk about it more when somebody does pick it, but that was my concern, right? I don't know if it's going to be able to do enough. I think I'm going to go with Venom. Let there be carnage. Um, not because I really don't understand the pull of the movie, but Venom won, right? For being not a, generic superhero right pulled 850 million dollars this is going to be right in the middle of summer it's a superhero like movie in the middle of summer where surprisingly we don't really have a superhero movie kind of in summer except for well maybe not 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 before this certainly so people may be chomping at the bit to get something superhero related so i'm going to go with venom let there be carnage yeah, this was uh, this was. If you didn't take it, I, I was gonna take it because, like you said, Venom surprisingly made a lot of a lot of money. Yeah, you're right. The only superhero before it is Black Widow, but that's more than Early a May. month. Yeah, yeah, more than a month ahead of time, and it's it's got a clear run until July 9th with Shang Chi, pretty much, because right. I'm assuming. I'm assuming Top Gun is not going to do uh, not going to do super well overseas. So, <laughs> who who is he flying against? That's the question. 
you know because if you remember right they did that red dawn remake and they were mm-hmm. like we can't have it be can't china be china can china can't be invading it so they made it north korea as if they could invade it like they even have like the, <laughs> the population to support an invasion yeah. um i hope so. it, they just pick a random country I don't know. I think you have to, you got to play to your audience, which is the world right at this point with, with mass media. So you can't say a a real enemy, but you know, I kind of like the old time of, you know, you you actually, the movies against the other huge industrial populist country that, uh, you know, what, what they should do is they should just cross the Tom Cruise streams and, and have Maverick go rogue in this one and be flying against the United States. I was thinking (laughs) when you said cross streams, I was like, have, have Maverick fight against the, uh, the aliens in, uh, what is it? Uh, Groundhog day. Independence day. No. What? Uh, not tomorrow never dies. Edge of tomorrow. Well, yeah. Yeah. Tomorrow or live, die, repeat. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I was thinking Mission Impossible and, and Ethan Go Hunt's rogue. habit of going rogue, but that's pretty cool. Yeah, maybe mad. like yeah. maybe like there's some there's some trainers who are I don't know. He flights against fights against other flight trainers. Anyway, I kind of am interested in, in Top Gun, but you're right, the numbers just don't support it. We can talk about that more when we get there. But yeah, Venom, never seen it. Tom Hardy, right? I heard he did a yeah. pretty good job, but uh, <sighs> never yeah. appealed to me. Yeah, it's a it's it's not. It's a weird movie and it's from from what I understand, Tom Hardy sort of went all out. And then even a lot of what he did, they they edited out of the final cut. And it's just the action was very generic. The comedy was strange. The only thing that I that stuck out to me from Tom Hardy was when he's in the lobster tank at the restaurant, like eating the lobsters raw. Yeah, it was, but people people liked it, um, and so yeah, I don't know. It's gonna, it maybe maybe they'll maybe they what they said is that was good, but Woody Harrelson's here wearing a weird wig. Now it's easily over a billion dollars, right? Is that what's gonna happen in this next movie? Yeah, that was the teaser at the end of Venom. Was Woody Harrelson was Carnage, and he has like a red wig that looks bizarre at the end of the film. He's like in a cage. But I yeah, do not remember that. That sounds I don't, horrible. <laughs> I don't remember if it's, I think it's post credits. You just see Woody Harrelson briefly, but it's, it's right at the end of the first one. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now Sony put that one together. Are they also involved in this new Spider-Man movie? Yes. So the new Spider-Man is like a joint venture between like all those, all the Spider-Mans have been joint ventures between Marvel and Sony. That's so interesting. Um, and Sony would really like to incorporate Spider-Man into the Venom slash Morbius slash, you know, it, everything else they're doing, Sinister Six sort of films. And Marvel has Marvel has basically kind of put their foot down and been like, you know, if you do that, then no more MCU movies for you. Like if yeah, because they contractually have the right to say. Tom Holland's going to make a movie with Venom now, right? Because Tom Holland is technically under contract with Sony. But Marvel is then saying, well, great, then you can't put the movies into the MCU, you know, timeline anymore because we don't want Venom <laughs> in the MCU. And uh, I, I don't think Sony, given Sony's track record with Spider-Man films, I don't think they want to lose that partnership. But 
at some point they might decide the synergy of, of having their main character in with all of these side characters makes more sense. Growing up watching the animated Spider-Man series, I loved the idea of Venom and Carnage. They're awesome characters and I love their character designs. And I think I had a Carnage toy, but just what they've done with the movies, they haven't sold me on it. Well, Spider-Man 3 in the Raimi films, the studio basically forced Venom in at the last minute because it was supposed to be primarily Sandman. And they were like, no one's going to buy Sandman toys. <laughs> we got to put Venom in the movie. Uh, Shout out to Thomas Hayden Church. Yep. Who was good in that film. I think if it had yes. just been Sandman, that would have been a good movie. Yeah, very compelling. Very A very compelling villain. All right, well... We're, now that we're back into Spider-Man talk, I feel like we're hyping two of Cameron's movies at the same time. I don't like that. It's going to be big. Everybody go see Venom. Go see <laughs> Spider-Man 3. Check out Fast 9. Safely. <laughs> All right. So I, I don't think there's much debate for what I need to take with this pick. It's got to be no time to die. Uh, again, like I said, I, I have lots of reasons to be nervous about this one. But I feel very confident that MGM needs to make this a hit and will do whatever they can to make it a hit. So as long as doing as long as that doesn't involve pushing it out of 2021, which I think would be extreme, I think this is at least going to clear high hundreds of millions of dollars. Uh, so and, you know, maybe maybe the anticipation of having it push. I know people are really excited about it. I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm sort of over the Daniel Craig bonds. I'm ready for the next bond to come in, but uh, I know I'm, I've always been lower on Craig than other people. So maybe people are really amped up now that this one's been delayed for so long. So no time to die. Yep. How do you get picked at some point? Obviously if it got back to me, I was going to take it at that point. Uh, so uh, I think absent a pandemic this would probably be top five top six maybe but uh with the release date so close to probably not a complete vaccine uh push out to the populace that it does drop around round and a half so i am excited for it i'm not gonna see it come april holly's gonna be on her quarantine that the doctor says she'll probably have to be under at that point so I'll probably be under a pretty severe quarantine as well. So I probably won't catch this one in theaters. I do like the Daniel Craig Bonds, but I, I do recognize that no no Bond is like lights out. I don't really think any Bond is at even like 75%. Um, most Bonds, I feel like, have some real duds and some real winners. And when it comes to Daniel Craig, I think he's two for four. I think Casino is really good a good first bond film most new bonds their first film is pretty darn good anyway so that's kind of a uh, a mulligan or or just uh write that one off it's, uh, what was the second one uh quantum solace mm -hmm. didn't care for that um just didn't really know what was going on kind of ended on a weird note skyfall probably my favorite craig bond it's probably my favorite bond in a long time uh, i love that one and i think the box office agrees with me what was it like 1.1 yeah only bond one. to break a billion yeah yeah so that one was great i mean of course it had adele behind it um and uh some really good callbacks to kind of older bonds so and then the sky not skyfall specter Mm -hmm. Didn't care for that one either. Um, I, I think when you got to Spectre, you could tell that Craig is just kind of over it, especially you could see in the press tours. Like he, everyone was surprised. Yeah. I mean, they had to pay him a boatload of money to come back for this one. 
because yeah. I think he it, it's a grueling role. There's a lot of stunts. He's gotten hurt several times doing the stunt work. Like mm-hmm. I can see he's just over it. I think that translated into Spectre yeah. a little bit. We're talking about 15 years on now, right? Yeah. When did uh, when did Casino come out? Um, oh six. Okay. Yeah. Oh six. So yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's still he's trapped. Been, he's been at Steel. this a long time. Trap. And they tried to find something, you know. I, I think they just couldn't settle on someone else. And so they mm-hmm. said, Man, we'll back up a Brinks truck to your house if you'll do us a solid and do one more movie. Okay. I think Idris Elba would have been a really awesome pick. Oh, yeah. I would have been 100% in for that. I just rewatched uh, Casino Royale again for, I don't know, the how many at the time. And then Quantum as well, because I think they're both on Netflix. But I, I love all the Bond movies. So. Yeah. yeah digging back into him is fun all right um paul i think because this is a two-parter draft i don't think there's any need for a recap right now what do you think uh yeah well let's let's recap it at, at the, the end. end yeah 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 we'll do that so go ahead let's roll into your fourth pick oh man this is a rough spot now because the third the third pick is rough normally but when we're doing the international box office we're now down to a lot of films that I had flagged that would have been, I think, great kind of sleeper potential films for the domestic box yep. office only. Yep. Uh, so there's a lot of movies left that I'm excited about. And now the whole the HBO Max thing is is worrying me about yep. a lot of the movies that are left. Mm-hmm. I got to wonder, um, and I don't know enough about it, but are there movies that are released, say, in Asia and focused in Asia, right? And not so much focused here that are going to make enough money, quote, worldwide, right, wide to now compete with, you know, number 10 through 15, right? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Is that a concept that exists? Are there some movies that probably aren't on the list we're looking at because we're looking at mostly, you know, American publications um, that may make three to five hundred million dollars in asia that are in that are in yeah. another language you know that aren't an english movie. yeah probably uh, i mean i know well the thing is china, so china i know has movie studios that they try to put out some big films but a lot of times they try to get you know like when they did the great wall they get matt damon in and try to release it for the big ones in america oh too. okay so yeah i don't I know what the i don't know i'm sure there are but i i wouldn't even know how to start looking for some of those yeah so Man, I I don't know here. This is uh, this is uh, I'm I'm seeing a lot of movies. I have a lot of movies flagged where you know the the direct movie behind it or a similar movie is making around the mid three hundred range. So I I would preferably for my fourth pick like to get above that. And to do that, I've got to get a little bit riskier with uh so there's a couple well you know what i am just gonna go with i'll i'll take the what is maybe the riskier of the picks i have in mind here and i'll okay. take raya and the last dragon okay interesting so march 5th uh disney movie um starring kelly marie tran and aquafina this was one of my top picks last year i you know i think any year you can bank on uh, a Disney movie or a Pixar movie doing pretty well. 
And the Pixar movies that are slated for 2021, there's almost literally no information out on either of them. And so I'm very confused about whether they actually exist and are going to be released this year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So this one, I am at least confident. The big worry here is it's, it's so early in March and going to be on Disney plus as well. Now I think it's going to be like Mulan where you have to pay for it on Disney plus. So it's not like HBO max where if you just have a subscription, you get the movies. So that, probably helps but my hope is that this does pretty well internationally as well because i think it's going to be a little bit hobbled in the u.s market but for a fourth round pick maybe maybe it does well enough to to get over everything else i'm looking at here yeah this would be a great film but i share your concerns march release um so people being a little bit safer likely not likely to not go to the theater just in general and then the disney plus release so not sure what that's going to do uh, you know i look at mulan it did 70 million and it was only on disney plus so you know you wonder that's what disney plus can probably bring maybe and i'm sure more people have disney plus now it's been growing so that it's probably going to get 100 million right out of disney plus or something like that yeah oh no i'm sorry this is 70 million from international release that's what that is yeah i don't think it was even in theater mulan wasn't in theaters domestically but wonder woman has i'm looking at the wonder woman box office because it's you know it's hbo max and theaters right and it's made 822 million at this point yeah um and obviously it's it's will be you know probably better in march than now more people will be vaccinated so may, maybe it maybe it has a chance of yeah. pulling typical disney movie numbers so yeah wonder woman has made that much that's what i'm seeing yeah wow or no that sorry this is not pulling up 84 i thought i searched for 84 i was gonna say okay Paul. yeah i was surprised no that was the original <laughs> wonder woman 84 has made 118 million so far Okay. which is almost entirely it's made five million in the states but it's the rest of that is, is oh i show 30 mine says uh oh this is a variety article so this might oh, be okay. opening yeah. weekend numbers okay um yeah. n- now right now i'm on box office mojo it's got it at gotcha. 20 28 and a half nine, yeah. 90 million international yeah yeah so, so. well we'll see i'm also not that uh um Excited for uh, is it Raya and the Last Dragon or Raya yeah. and the Last Dragon? I Raya think Raya. That's what I've been saying. So, but obviously not a film uh, catered to me. So, all right. Well, what is a film catered to you, and are you going to take it with your next pick? Well, oh, I see what you're saying. Um, <laughs> actually, I, I'm debating between two films. They they both cater to me. Um, I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna try and stick post May. I just think that is safer. Not sure consumer uh you know demand for theater going experiences is is going to come back so fast uh even with a vaccine rolling out so uh i'm gonna stay post may is kind of my my strategy here so i'm working on two here i'm gonna go ahead i'm gonna take america's favorite actor i'm gonna go with his other big movie this year i'm going with top gun maverick right on the fourth of july weekend I looked at some research for uh, Tom Cruise, non-series, non-franchise related films. They tend to do somewhere between two and four, 450. They don't really break 500 million, 
but uh, he's pretty much a lock. Any, all of his non-franchise films are between two and four fifty. I think Tom Gunn, Fourth of July. It's gonna bring a, some people gonna want to go see this film. You know, sometimes people go to the movie theater. They don't know what Jack Reacher is. They don't necessarily know what Oblivion is. They don't know some of his one-off movies. So I think that kind of compresses the price down the box office. So I think Top Gun's gonna do probably between three fifty and four fifty. Uh, and I think by the time we're in the summer, people are going to be anxious to get to the theater. And I think this is going to appeal to a lot of people, uh, especially some some middle-aged people um, like ourselves. God, we're not middle-aged yet, are we? No. No, um, I hope no, not. No, Gosh. No. God. God, that would suck. But uh, so I definitely want to see it um, just to see what they can do with a, a Top Gun sequel. So I'm taking Top Gun Maverick. And maybe, uh, you know, there's, there's two ways it could go here for – by the 4th of July, people could be uh, ready for something really American to feel like we're we're getting back on track or they could just be so tired of everything in this country <laughs> that they just don't want something so American. That, that is true. That is true. There's, there's a bit of a fanatical patriotism that you get kind of sick of and you kind of like, God, I hope they shoot that Maverick out of the sky. He is really just bugging me. And that's why he goes rogue. That's why he goes rogue, right? Yeah. Who knows? Maybe they'll throw a, a curveball at him. You know, Top Gun, Maverick, the goose years. I don't know. I was going to make a joke about uh, Tom being born on the 4th of July. Oh, not bad. Not bad. Yeah. Another one. Yeah. Yeah. So we were talking earlier about how things translate into other languages. How crazy would it be if they changed what country he's flying for? Uh, Not going to happen. <laughs> Just you know, change the badges on the planes. Change the not not if you want uniforms. Not if you want Americans to go see it. I can't. Imagine. No, no, wait, Mike. Are you saying like when they do the? I'm saying release, the international like, releases. Yeah, yeah. Oh. So when, it comes, when it comes out in Russia, they just Photoshop the Russian. Yeah, they Photoshop everything. You know, Russian costume. <laughs> you know what would be really cool if they <laughs> too expensive, but if they film multiple movies with like you know, a Russian cast and Tom Cruise as Maverick or, you know, a Chinese cast, but Ma- Tom Cruise is Maverick in China. So that would, we'll, that would be kind of cool. We'll probably get there with deep fakes one day. They'll just, At some point, right? Tom Cruise will make a movie and then they'll rotate. Whoever's most famous in your country will be everyone else playing against him. Oh, you're right. That'll be his like co-pilot. Whoever the number one actor in your country. In your country. That's what they'll do. Yeah. Top Gun Maverick. I'm, I'm anxious. Uh, hopefully... Holly don't want to see that one. So I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to swing that. I would like to see that in the theaters, but yeah, we'll see. The filming with different actors from other countries would not be so crazy. That's essentially what I was talking about a few weeks ago with uh, the Power Rangers using stock footage. Well, not stock footage, but footage from a Japanese show and then filming American actors for just certain parts of it. So yeah, it can be done. That's an idea, guys. Maybe. I mean, they revoice everybody in, in <laughs> when they do language changes already. Yep. So, I mean, but that's obviously more affordable than re, recasting, refilming. So, Top Gun Maverick. All right. Michael, number four. Okay. So, we've been looking at totals and talking about things reaching 300, 400 million, maybe. I looked up the first movie in this series. And it topped 600 million globally. And it's set for a very late release in 2021. So I am going to take Sing number two. 
I forgot about saying you're right. Uh, what did it do? Uh, 630 something million. So it has uh, most of the cast from the original returning, but I didn't see the director on this next one. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's another one that has only had kind of sparse information out. And so I put it on, especially coming out the last week of the year, Mm-hmm. I had this one kind of flagged on my uh, has, list. Ha, yeah, has some potential to be pushed out of the year, right? Oh, I see, Paul. Kind of, yeah. kind of risk. That's the risk, yeah. Uh, going I'm up. I'm hoping yeah. it's late enough, though, you know? Yeah. Hopefully by that time, everything but, is yeah. running smoothly. I think, but from a thought of like, if you have to start pushing things a little bit, you got to make room. So you, uh-huh. you might push December stuff out in order to push stuff to December. It's kind of that's, the thought. Yeah, that's that true. was my the, the sort of cascading effect. If stuff early in the year gets pushed, you're at risk for both. You know, like say, say some one of the big movies from the summer. You know, what if they push Minions to right the end of November or something? Right. And then Singh says, "Well, yeah. I don't want to go up against that." So, gosh, I'll go to but, February. Yeah, I know certain movies do better because I mean that's a family movie. So yeah, it, I landing mean, it, on the holiday. It clearly Break. wants to. It comes out. They did Hotel Transylvania four the same week as it, so they're. It's clearly the prime time to to lock and load some animated movies. Plus the Matrix, apparently, <laughs> holiday classic, <laughs> the Matrix four. Also, what is that anim- even? What what is that even about? Nobody knows, which is is makes me excited for it. But uh, it's Matrix four, the prequel. <laughs> I would love to see that. How the whole war started? That, that, uh, but we already had. Well, I guess no. you're right. You're right, Neo. We don't well, even that know. was that was we in the even... Animatrix stuff. Oh well, they showed how the because I thought Morpheus said we don't know how the war started. We just know there was uh, us who uh, darkened the sky. Yeah, there's some there's some shorts in the Animatrix, and they get into mm, like interesting what started. And really, the the humans are just the the jerks the entire time of course right i mean it's the same thing with planet of the apes right well hopefully you know i'm i'm really hoping that bond does get pushed november i think that's a better slot in the year for it yeah yeah but not for you michael then not for me but i I just hope that happens because i want to see in theaters guys more than winning a draft you don't belong on this podcast hey i won i won the 2020 draft cameron so that's a surprise based on your your approach of everybody coming together and seeing as many movies as possible i'm here to win i'm here to support the movie industry all right we'll support the movie industry with your fifth pick (laughs) am i to my last pick already yeah for for this week yeah Wow, guys. Okay. Yeah, this is a uh, th- this is some great. Uh, we we definitely got some prep or something, or maybe there's not enough jokes flying, but we are moving at a pretty good pace, <laughs> clipping along here. So this movie, I don't have a lot to compare it to. I looked up what I consider to be a similar similar movie, which mm-hmm. I think is the reboot of Jumanji. This one also stars Dwayne Johnson and Emily Blunt. And it's based on a Disney ride. It's also got Jack Whitehall in it, who's a funny British comedian, if you're not familiar with him. I'm going to take Jungle Cruise and hope that it does pretty well. If it's good enough, I'm hoping, you know, maybe we can go into Pirates of the Caribbean territory. 
What um what did uh Jumanji do? Jumanji did a billion. Whoa, get out of here. Seriously? Or no, sorry, Jumanji 2 did a billion. Huh? The first Whoa. one did. Seriously? Yeah, the 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 sequel. Jeez, I didn't um, know that. Or I'm sorry, just on un- just under a billion. 962 million for Welcome to the Jungle, which was the that wow. that's the second one, right? Yeah. Yep. So I I got high hopes for it and it's landing at the end of July. Seems like a summer movie and hopefully things will be uh, back in order close to at least. Yeah, I I was hoping I was hoping this one might come back around to me. And I'm looking here at a list of all of the Rock's movies ranked by box office and I'm actually surprised cuz I I kind of was wondering you know, The Rock is such a well-known and big star, obviously, that I felt like a lot of his stuff is probably going to really box office hit. But if you take out the Fast and Furious movies, um, it actually... And, and well, yeah, that's what I'm wondering is how much of... It, it really depends on how much of Jumanji is people will see The Rock doing something entertaining. Well, Jumanji, I think, is a cast thing. You've got yeah. Kevin Hart, you've got Jack Black... Yeah. And it was, um, a, yeah, it was a good movie. And people have nostalgic true memories to Jumanji. Cause I'm, I'm surprised that looking at this list, right. Of rankings, the um, journey to the center of the earth movies. I'm surprised they aren't higher. San, I mean, San Andreas, that probably got, that got 473 million Th- worldwide. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking San Andreas, Skyscraper, Rampage, you know, um, Central intelligence. But this one, this one is going to be a family-friendly movie, so I'm hoping that well, that will that's help. That's not. I don't know. You, some of his more family-friendly stuff, you know, fighting with. Oh no, that's not a movie. <laughs> the Tooth Fairy. Now, or, now what? Yeah. What's going well for you here, Michael? Is a lot of these movies are big international hits, but not domestic. Like mm-hmm. Rampage. And that's what I'm hoping. Yeah. yeah Rampage didn't clear a hundred million domestically but got 425 million internationally uh same for some other stuff yeah so i mean people love the rock it's hard it's hard to again like the eternals pick right it's we're in the point where you're gonna nitpick everything just based on where we are in the draft but just like you can't leave a marvel movie on the board for too long can't leave the rock on the board for too long very true and it's a disney movie they're gonna advertise that's another concern, though. Is there any? I know it's not marked as Disney Plus, but you never know what some of these studios are going to do later on in the year. And we already know Warner Brothers and Disney are yeah. opt to use some kind of a streaming release if they feel they need to at the time. So that's kind of why I've tried to stay away from Disney. That's just a good point. I don't know when they're going to want to use their leverage to push stuff on Disney Plus. Yeah. Man, things are getting rough for you now, Cameron. Why is that? Just the movies that are left. Yeah. Trying to figure this out. You know, you called it out. I'm going to go with it. I'm going to go with Hotel Transylvania, number four. Uh, The number number three did 530. Um, They've been going up. Really? They've been going up. Um, So I think the, the first one did like two something. Second one did like three something or 400. This one did 530. So I'm taking Hotel Transylvania 4. Danger of getting pushed because uh, it is that same release as Sing. 
and a little competition there, but lots of kids home for the holidays. No reason you can't see two movies. Yeah. It's an interesting release for something that seems Halloween related. There's a couple of those this year because I guess everything getting shifted around like Candyman coming out in the middle of the summer Mm -hmm. and not close to Halloween, but I, I don't see any way sing and hotel transylvania stay on the same weekend i i don't know which one moves mm -hmm. one of these same one of these two is gonna screw one of you over it's just a competition (sighs) on which one yeah which one gets scooted i'm hoping sing has more clout and they get to take the weekend they want i don't think that's how it works i think it depends on what if uh, i don't know okay i guess more advertising dollars is what i'm thinking Hmm. talking about people that have been pulling in the numbers adam sandler is back as a voice in hotel transylvania and apparently he's the number one watched actor on netflix because they've got so many movies oh, yeah. and things with him in it right now yeah, yeah. he releases Nuts. so much on on netflix um i'd love to check i never saw hidden gems i want to see that one uncut is that what you mean uncut gems hidden yeah. gems yeah which is uh uh, what was the one? Um, they said the Halloween one did really well. It Herbie. did, but Hancock? No, what is it? It's something funky. I don't. Yeah, know. yeah. No, but we. So we talked about this. I think we might have mentioned this before, but he, you know, he said if he was not nominated for an Oscar for Uncut Gems, that because everyone said he should get supporting actor, at least nominated, and he was like, if I don't get nominated, I'm gonna make the worst movie I have ever made on purpose. Like I'm going to care so little. And then the Halloween movie came out and people watched it, but everyone I know that reviewed it said like, this movie is barely a movie. Like it doesn't, nothing like is really going together. And like, it's just terrible. And like he really, he, he apparently followed through on his threat to be, That's if I'm not nominated, I'm going to just trash my next movie. I think it's called Hubie Halloween. That's it. Yeah. Hubie, Hubie Halloween. That's Hubie it. Halloween. Which I think people just watched because of the name. Yeah. It's just fun to say. Adam Sandler, it's during, it's during October. We're stuck at home. That's probably why everybody watched yeah. it. So, Hotel did Transylvania he, 4. Did he not get an, an Oscar nod for the movie with uh, Don Cheadle? I don't think so. The one where it was it was post 9-11. What is the name of that one? Oh, uh, Funny People? Was that it? Or mm-mm, mm-mm. what's the... Rain Over Me. That's what it was. Right. Do you remember that one? No. It was a, it was a good movie. It's a hmm. drama. I don't think he's ever been nominated, but let me... No. No, he hasn't. But I mean, people pushed hard for Uncut Gems, and I yeah. haven't watched it, but everyone said he deserved one and did not. He's gotten a lot of Teen Choice Awards, though. <laughs> Punch Drunk Love is another uh, dramatic Sandler movie that I love. Mm. It's good. The visuals in that one are crazy. There was a debate on online that was um, who's, who's the best Adam Sandler love interest? Barrymore or Jennifer Aniston. And I don't understand how that's even a competition. Like all of his, like his, his, some of his biggest rom-coms were all with Drew Barrymore. Am I, am I crazy to feel like. Is there more than one? 51st dates is all that comes to mind. And Wedding Singer. 
Oh, oh you're right. I, God, I forgot about Wedding Singer. That one's fantastic. Yeah, That's a good movie. I just think Wedding Wedding Singer plus 50 First Dates, they're two of the rom-coms you go to first with Adam Sandler. That's and a then good point. Jennifer Aniston, the big one everyone remembers is um, Just Go With It, where they're uh, he's like on vacation and they pretend to be married for some reason. And I, I don't remember the, but like the Wedding Singer and Fifty one. First Dates are two of the movies he's most known for. So I, hmm. I just, I was surprised that so many people were taking the Jennifer Aniston side of that, uh, that debate. Although Drew Barrymore said she thinks the ideal Adam Sandler love interest is a movie where um, he's, he's debating between the two of them, but then Drew Barrymore and Jennifer Aniston just hook up instead and leave Adam Sandler. <laughs> was interesting her, her recommendation hmm. did you all watch murder mystery that was with both mm-hmm. of them yeah no. i did not watch that i thought it was okay i enjoyed it i mean it's it's a uh, goofy fun it's got a six out of ten on imdb and i think that's pretty accurate all right paul finish us off all right i at this point i i just don't know and so i'm just gonna go with a movie that I am personally very excited to see and I think is getting a lot of hype. And so I'm going to go with the suicide squad. Okay. 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 Uh, Now is the title, is it V that separates this one from the other one? Yes. So this is a, this is a soft reboot, right? It's not really directly a sequel because the first one, I mean, the first one did well box office wise. It got 760 million. Um, and this one, the, the cast is amazing. I think James Gunn is a perfect fit for directing this movie because a Suicide Squad movie should be kind of wacky and have that same feel that Guardians, you know, a lot of Guardians did. And I think they just tried to play it too straight and narrow. And I wonder if some of that was like, you know, having Will Smith involved, he's, you know, big, big mainstream kind of actor. He's not going to get too out there with one of his movies. But I mean, the cast list for this one is insane. You've got Margot Robbie, Taika Waititi, Viola Davis, Sylvester Stallone, Joel Kinman, Idris Elba, Nathan Fillion, Pete Davidson, John Cena, Peter Capaldi. Wow. And um, it the the trailer stuff for it has looked amazing so far people are hyped about it it got a big hype when they did um the dc fandom which was like their version of comic con for for dc stuff and you know this is coming out uh this is later in the year august 6th and so it, I'm worried about the fact that it's going to be on HBO Max. People may not want to go pay for the Suicide Squad as much as some of these other movies, but they went to see the first one. It's got big names involved. And who knows by August, if things are looking a lot safer, maybe AT&T says, you know what, Warner Brothers, like nicks the HBO Max plan. We want to maximize box office numbers. So we're reneging on that idea and pulls back some. So That's a good thought, Paul. Yeah, so I'm going suicide squad the first one i literally forgot that i watched it i've got hbo max right now and i was looking at it i was like hey let's watch suicide squad and then i thought about it a second i was like 
we've actually watched that and it was that good so that's interesting because i i had hbo for a little bit and uh I started to watch it and I stopped because <laughs> I was like, this is bad. I was just like, I'm not, I'm not feeling it right now. It's like, I could, I think I'm going to go do something else. Uh, I had to think really hard. And yes, I sat through it at some point and, you know, put it out of mind afterward. So this one cannot be worse in my opinion. I think the first one really had um, a lot of studio interference, especially mm-hmm. when it came to the editing process, because it's like, you know, why do you have, why are you putting um, Killer Croc in the movie and then not showing him as a crocodile very much? Yeah, you right. Know, like, He's why, like, very human. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like why, uh, like the decisions just were weird, didn't make sense. It, and so I feel a lot of it. And apparently they cut out all the Joker stuff. Like Jared Leto said he filmed a lot and they got rid of wow. most of it. And so that made the whole Joker and Harley plot not make a lot of sense, I feel like, because they cut some important stuff out of that. And so who, you know, who knows? But I think the studio and, and um, oh, uh, David, um, uh, who's the guy that directed it? Uh, this sounds like what they did to the Fantastic Four reboot. Mm-hmm. David Ayer, yeah, he's he was the guy that directed it, and um, I think he uh, uh, he has also said that like the final cut was not a lot like the movie that he you know was was going for, and so this one I think they kind of learned their lesson with that. Um, they brought in James Gunn. This is when he was briefly fired from Disney, and they brought him in to do this, and so. Um, you know, people are, were super excited about it, maintain excitement about it. So unless everyone decides to watch it at home, I think it'll be a decent hit at the box office. But is this related at all to the animated Harley Quinn show that you recommended? It's, it's not, that's in a, other than it has some of the same characters, but it's not, there's no direct tie-ins. Um, you know, it's not, it's not Margot Robbie. It's um, Kaylee Cuoco is, is Harley in the animated Hmm. show and stuff, but. Um, yeah, the animated shows a lot more um, kind of referential and fourth wall breaky. So it's a lot more kind of like a like a Deadpool, maybe a little bit, but um, got some really good humor in it. But yeah. is it still in kind of the Bruce Tim style? Yeah, it's it's um, it's you know a little more modernized than some of that stuff. But yeah, it looks a lot like that. Okay, cool. All right. Well, that is that wraps us up for this week, guys. Um, why don't we just do a real quick rundown of what we all have, um, and then we will start out next week by again, kind of recapping where we are, and then launch into the final thirty movies, which is going to be again. There, I got a lot of films left on the list that, if it was domestic only, I would feel real good about getting them in the sixth through 10th pick, but I have no idea what it'll look like. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to definitely be a a niche podcast because we're, we're global now. Like we don't deal with your domestic numbers. (laughs) Um, This is a global podcast. So uh, we have been listened to in 10 different countries. So there you go. 
Again, also, international listeners, write in the email. What's right? on draft podcast at gmail.com. Tell us what you list, what you watch, what, what drives your numbers overseas. <laughs> hey, uh, if you got a sleeper pick before, before next week's we'll, episode, we'll take it. We'll take it. We'll have to edit it in. Cause we're going to record it before this one drops. But. Oh, you're right. We'll take it somehow. So, all right, Mike, let's, let's recap. Is that your minions? Okay, if you don't recognize it by now, I'm taking Minions, The Rise of Gru for my number one pick of 2021. I'm hoping it, it sells big internationally. Number two, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. This is a Marvel film, and I'm hoping that Marvel and the cast sell this movie big in uh, East Asia, especially. And that, uh, that kind of helps the numbers because did you all see the release date on this one? It is later in the year. Okay. Well, that's good. Okay. Um, it is uh, July 9th. Well, that's not that late, Paul. <laughs> later than a lot of my picks, which I don't like. <laughs> okay. So, and then next I took another Marvel movie with the Eternals. And I love the artwork here from Jack Kirby. So I'm hoping that the movie lives up to that. Next, I've got a movie releasing in December with Sing 2 animated movie. Hopefully families show up in droves to see this. And then lastly, a summer blockbuster in Jungle Cruise. All right. So um, I'm definitely going to dominate this year. And I think I only have one thing to say. It don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning's winning. And that's what we're going to do with our number one pick, Fast and Furious 9. Going to do well overseas. Got Spider-Man 3. Title yet to be determined. I've got Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Got Top Gun, Maverick coming out, 4th of July weekend. And Hotel Transylvania 4 in December. Paul, do you have a soundbite? Well, it's hard with the uh, the number three pick, but I think I think I'm gonna sneak in there and super spy my way out with the number one box office return. So I'm taking Mission Impossible Seven, hopefully making a lot of that Thanksgiving bank. Uh, Black Widow, first Marvel movie coming out in a long time. No Time to Die. Daniel Craig hopefully wrapping up his time as James Bond on top. Raya and the Last Dragon. Uh, I'm, you know, always a good chance with the Disney movie that it's going to end up doing well. And then The Suicide Squad, which uh, I hope will do well. And also, I just really want to see. So, um, yeah, go with that. All right. Well, listeners, um, that wraps us up for this week. Um, normally we would direct you on, uh, where you could go vote on who you think the winner is. We will probably wait until next week's episode and you have all of the picks together, but, uh, we'd still love it if you hopped on to any of our social media pages and just let us know what you think of our picks. If you think we missed something obvious near the top of the draft, so you can find all of those places linked in the show notes or 
at anchor.fm slash what's on draft. Again, you can also email in, give us some thoughts on this episode at what's on draft podcast at gmail.com. If we get some emails, we will happily read them and respond to them in an episode. So that will sort of wrap things for this week. And we will, of course, be back next week for the exciting conclusion of the 2021 movie draft. If you work in Hollywood and you have any kind of insider info, please email me, Michael, at our Gmail. Fraud, 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 lots of fraud. <laughs> I need some insider <laughs> tips for next week's draft here. You can get Hotel Transylvania 4 pushed. I heard that uh, they are having dead people buy tickets for Mission Impossible 7. So I think we need to just throw that whole box office out. Now, what if that was the plot? What if it had to do with necromancy, Cameron? But then that is quite a quite a, a oh, deep shit. marketing strategy, <laughs> real real meta marketing strategy for uh, for MI7. Okay. Well, thank you all for tuning in to our movie draft, the first half of it for uh, 2021 here. It's exciting to see the list of movies we've got so far. Tune in next week for the second half. This has been an episode of What's on Draft. 